Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vredenberg. This is the series that tries to help you to learn new habits to optimize your life and to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 12, and the topic for today is dealing with a flat world. And of course, that title actually comes from a book title, which is Tom Friedman's uh, book, uh, The World is Flat. And the overall gist of that book, for those of you who haven't read it, is all about how the world is flattening, meaning that the differences across the world are are coming down, the boundaries are sort of uh, becoming uh, less relevant with the addition of uh, technologies like the internet. And the reality that we, on a regular basis, deal much more frequently now with people all over the world. We have outsourcing all over the world. We have people uh, moving to and from countries much more frequently. And we also get into contact, as I say, with lots more people on a regular basis from a variety of different cultures. And this has a lot of implications. So I wanted to start off with a few statistics. So if we think about first the worldwide statistics of world internet users, this is these are statistics from March 2008. You realize that Asia represents 37.6% of all internet users. Europe represents 27.1%. North America represents 17.5% only, and then the rest is the rest of the world. But the order of the greatest number of internet users goes in the order of Asia, Europe, and then North America. Yet you wouldn't think that when you hear most content on or read most content on a lot of the websites that we see on a regular basis. And it also is certainly not the case on podcasts. So when I listen to a lot of podcasts, there's often mention uh, of a location and an assumption that everybody that's listening to the podcast is in fact from the country that the host or the guests are from. And there's generally a disregard for the fact that people may be listening in from other parts of the world that may not have the same reference points as the people that are actually on the podcast themselves. Same thing goes for a lot of websites, a lot of blog uh, posts. There's a notion that people assume that they're actually speaking with and writing to people that are very much like themselves that are also from the same country as themselves. But the notion of the world wide web means that the information we put on the web, the information that we deliver via things like podcasts, actually do grow worldwide and go to all kinds of different cultures. Uh, my own sites have looked at the websites, the blog, and the podcasts uh, that I do, and I roughly run statistics, and these are in English, so these run statistics like about 60% are uh, from North America, people that uh, listen to or read the websites or listen to the podcast. 20% are from Europe, 15% are from Asia, and then 5% is the rest. So almost half are coming from non-North America, which again is a reminder of the degree to which the World Wide Web is worldwide. Again, not a surprise really when you really think about it, but it is rather in marked contrast to the realization of most people that are creating content for the web as well. So the motivation for this episode is in fact one 
of trying to provide some level of guidance and advice with regard to dealing with the fact that we now have a flat world, that we do deal with a large number of people that are not quite exactly like ourselves and are not from the country that we are sitting in currently. And I think that's rather important. That's rather important for anybody that's providing content on the web as well as uh, via podcasts and the like, but also very, very important for any number of other people, all of you, who on a day-to-day basis at work may deal with a worldwide workforce, that you're dealing with people in different countries all around the world and your day-to-day work. You also will find yourself in situations where you have to deal with people even in your local you know, city that um, also uh, are people from all around the world. So you're dealing with different cultures there as well. In all of those contexts, the realization that and an understanding and awareness of the fact that other people that are not quite like ourselves uh, are around is something that is important to take to heart and to learn more about. And so today's session is on that topic. And again, I think a very important one for anybody that's dealing with anybody from a different culture, whether through the internet or interpersonally. I also have a personal perspective on this. Uh, I was actually born in the Netherlands and my family moved to Toronto, Canada when I was about eight years old. So I didn't start off life with the English language, but needed to learn it when I came to Canada. And uh, so I have a somewhat of a stronger perspective on the notion of whether everybody in the world is like uh, me. Uh, I know that they're not, and I know that the process of having to learn a new language and learn all about a new culture and all uh, was something that was not trivial, you know, for me to go through. And I think it probably made me a little bit more sensitive to this this, uh, challenge and this reality than a lot of my other uh, contemporaries. I also have worked on worldwide teams for some time, and even if you're dealing in English, as I did for with a team that used to travel around together, so we spent lots of time in the evenings going out to dinners together and the like, and we had one-third of the team was U.S.-based, one-third of the team was British, and one-third of the team was Canadian. And like I say, we all spoke English. We thought we all spoke the same language, in fact. When in actual fact, when we really dug into it, we were really speaking very different <laughs> versions of English and uh, oftentimes came into really... Um, interesting perspectives on the ways in which we spoke the language differently and the ways in which we thought, you know, quite differently too, coming from those different cultures. And those are ones that are often seen to be actually fairly similar. So now when you throw into the equation cultures from Asian countries, for example, as being even more, you know, different, that the realization comes to you that uh, we really are living in a world that has all kinds of different people coming from different kinds of linguistic, but also very, very, very important, distinct cultural differences as well. So I'm often surprised by the degree to which people don't recognize the importance of a worldwide perspective and will make references, for example, to people in this country. Well, in this country, if, for example, you are speaking to a worldwide team at work or you're doing a podcast, in this country is kind of meaningless because you're actually projecting and broadcasting to a worldwide audience. And when you say something like in this country, you're also thereby alienating a lot of other people that are listening to this or reading what you're uh, writing. 
in blogs, for example, and all of a sudden those people don't feel quite part of you, quite part of the core assumed audience of what it is that you're uh, speaking about. So I've come up with, as usual, 10 ideas for skills to develop into habits. And each one of them, I think, is a unique element, a unique contributor to the notion of how to become more effective at dealing with a flat world. Number one is appreciate that the world exists. And this is really all about a concept called ethnocentrism. You don't want to be ethnocentric. You don't want to only see your own culture as the only one that exists or the most important one that exists. In order to really be effective as a world citizen, you need to appreciate that people that are people that you're dealing with uh, are not necessarily the same culture or ethnic group as you. So you have to just simply be aware Aware is the first step, and if, if you did only that even, and acknowledge, then uh, a large number of, of people would feel a lot more comfortable with your approach to this topic. Number two is uh, consider where here is when mentioning a place. Again, it's related to the discussion I talked about at, off the top, and that is that when you refer to talking about you know a particular concept and you basically say and you know here or you talk about the nation you know nationwide all those terms are kind of meaningless when you're uh, addressing a worldwide wide audience because there are all kinds of different nations there's all kinds of here and so you have to be conscious that you're actually speaking again to a worldwide audience number three is pronounce names properly this is a really important one that a lot of people feel quite strongly about their name. It is their, their identity. It's very important and it's a sign of respect for you to actually try to pronounce their name correctly. Now, a lot of names that are not from your base culture and your base language are very different. And so, as a result, a lot of people are reluctant to even try to pronounce a name properly or even if they try to they you know they would like to be able to say it correctly they don't really know how to go about doing it and so it's either out of you know lack of knowledge or a lack of commitment and desire to get it right either either one generates the same outcome that if you pronounce somebody's name incorrectly they're going to feel less good than if you actually acknowledge their existence and their importance by actually pronouncing their name correctly. Now, how can you go about doing that? One way is just asking them how you pronounce their name. They'll appreciate that if you actually then after, after that take seriously how you do pronounce their name correctly. Another way to do it somewhat unobtrusively that I find really, really valuable is actually calling their voicemail typically after hours. Call it a time when you know that their voicemail is going to come on. Most people say their name on their voicemail and you can hear and you can play it over again and try to practice it to say their name correctly. I do this quite often at work when I have a new team member or somebody else that I'm, I'm working with and then I think it's really important to get their name correct. I actually will listen to their voicemail, get it correct, and then really pronounce it uh, correctly from then on. I think it's very, very important. And again, something that many, many people don't pay enough attention to. There are people that I work with that mispronounce you know, team members' names uh, that they work with on a regular basis and just haven't taken it as being something that's important to do to try to actually figure out how to, how to pronounce their name. And if their name especially is more difficult for them to figure out how to, how to say or even uh, that it's more difficult to say, you really still should go to the 
extra extent to be able to do that properly. Very, very important aspect of working with and dealing with people worldwide and from various cultures. Number four is be aware of idioms and language differences. Say I've referred to things like, you know, at the end of the day, things like, you know, hitting it out of the park, hitting a home run, all those kinds of, of phrases we take as being just natural part of speaking. When in actual fact, most of those idioms or particular ways of speaking are very, very culturally centric, meaning that people that are not from your culture won't know what you're talking about. You know, hitting a home run is not a concept that, for example, is known in most parts of the world. But yet, you know, in North America, where, you know, baseball is really important and popular, it's a very, very common line. But if we say that line to other people in other cultures, they won't have a clue what we're talking about. So there are many, many, many instances of these, and I'll try to include some links in the show notes to examples here. But beware of the idioms or the particular unique language phrases that you use that are and may well be local to you or your culture. Number five is be careful, this is related to the previous one, be careful with sports and government references. There's often references to uh, even in like the small talk before a session gets going and you talk about you know local sports events and scores and the like uh, that's relevant if they truly are sports events that would be known to your worldwide uh, audience or the people that understand these uh, sports are in fact part of your audience if they're not then again this is a point of differentiation it's a point of alienation for the people you're speaking with if they really don't understand those and ha nor have any interest in you know those those sports same thing with like government references well you know references to well you know the the, the senate just has passed something uh, or we need to be aware of that the government is passing a particular bill what government is in the world uh, it isn't necessarily relevant to only mention your own. The uh, number six is avoid cultural minefields. And there's a lot of these. So for example, putting people's names in red on a list, in red color, is in some cultures an indication that that person is going to die soon. And a whole pile of these kinds of references, even things like the OK symbol in North America of the your first uh, finger and your thumb together is something that means very different things in different cultures. Everything from, like I said, the OK symbol to something that is extremely rude and offensive in some cultures. Uh, as well. So there's more information available there as well, and I'll give you some URLs to relevant information for greater detail. Number seven is speak more slowly and use simpler grammar and vocabulary if you're speaking to audiences that don't speak your language. Now, a lot of the world still does work in business in the English language. Lots of the rest of it also deals with native languages. But um, when you're speaking in a language that's other than the audience that you are speaking with, that's, that it's not their first or primary language, you need to be sensitive to not only using things like idioms and the like that I mentioned earlier, but also basically to speak more slowly and somewhat more simply. So use somewhat more simple language and also grammatical structure 
you know, of your sentences. Then you're going to increase the likelihood that the audience you're speaking with will be able to understand you. If you speak very quickly and you also use in lots of really, really elaborate vocabulary, you're going to lose your audience. And so there's lots and lots of people that know how to speak a language like English. People who have English as a second language will uh, you'll often ask them, oh, do you, do you speak English? And they'll say, yes, they do. But they often don't know it at an incredibly high level. And so they can follow it much more uh, effectively if you can uh, speak, like I say, more slowly and using simpler grammar and vocabulary. Number eight is learn more about other cultures and also their biases. So if you have people that you deal with on a regular basis, and this this can be at a work setting, I've done that before with people that report to me that are from different cultures, try to learn more about them. You know, learn about their culture. What are their biases? For example, there's a strong bias in different parts of the world about the, the role of manager, the expectations and the relationship of a, an employee to a manager is very different in very different cult in, in different cultures around the world. It's very important if you're a manager uh, or you're an employee that's reporting to a manager so of a different culture to really explore some of those differences because it'll actually set you up in a much better situation of trying to understand what's going on, what kinds of concerns are being unearthed that if you were dealing with a single culture wouldn't uh, come up. And so the suggestion is to, and, and same thing if you're working or you're talking to somebody that happens to be, let's say, you know, some uh, somebody in a, a social setting that you reg uh, regularly deal with in order to understand them better. And it might even be your neighbors that may be from a different culture. It makes a lot of sense to try to understand them a little better, a little more about their, their culture. They'll appreciate you having an interest in their culture, and you'll also more likely be able to avoid conflicts where you are doing something or you raise a particular issue that may be different from the ways in which they work. And that's not to say, by the way, that you know you have to bend over backwards entirely to accommodate everything from any, any other culture. That's not what I'm uh, arguing. In fact, they should also be, they being people that are different from your culture, should be doing the same back with, with you. You're trying to understand your culture better just so that we can across the globe be able to work more effectively with you know one another but the most important thing to take away from this really is to be more aware of these kinds of differences and even have some approach to uh, some of these items that i'm talking about here to try to start yourself down the path of being more effective in dealing with the flat world. Number nine is check yourself in terms of when you're really getting comfortable. You know, I've done this a number of times when I think that I'm really being sensitive and really being effective at dealing with the world. Then I'll often come up with a surprise that, you know, I was totally wrong, you know, in one aspect uh, of this and you have to sort of reset. That's similar to the notion of, you know, driving on the right or the left side of the road. And that that's also different uh, right across the world. Uh, I was in a on a vacation where I was uh, learning to drive on the, the what what was the wrong side of the road to me, you know, on the left side of the road for me, and uh, was just really thinking that I was getting a hang of it because I just it was just turning around. So I just turned into a driveway, turned around. And I was just getting rolling, and I was just saying who I had to the person I was with that you know. Now I'm really starting to get get the feel for this. Really feel comfortable doing this now. And of course, he point, pointed out that I was actually dri driving on the wrong side of the road, and that's why I felt so comfortable. You have to do this check on a regular basis to see how you're doing 
in terms of these kinds of perspectives on working with multiple cultures. Number 10 is sort of given the trends and population trends around the world, if you really get good at this, whether you're you know doing this for work, if you're doing this for more of a social kind of uh, setting, the better you get at this, the more likely you'll prosper because the world population is certainly going in this direction and certainly, as Tom Friedman talked about in The World is Flat, it's also the case that in almost everything we do, we now deal with people from a variety of different uh, cultures. And so if you really come to grips with this and realizing that we're dealing with a worldwide population, then uh, the better you get at that, the more effective you'll be in whatever it is that you're doing. Now, I want to reiterate once again that what I'm not advocating here is that everybody should stop everything that they're doing, be so incredibly oversensitive to anything having to do with, you know, world uh, uh, cultural, you know, issues. And you could you could just completely, you know, stop, you know, living, <laughs> stop communicating because there's just so much to be able to take in here. There's to- so much difference out there that you need to be aware of. So I'm not I'm not suggesting that at all. All I'm really suggesting is that a lot of people are coming from a perspective where they have no appreciation whatsoever of there being different cultures or that there are people that when they're wor- speaking at work to an audience on a conference call, for example, any appreciation for the fact that there are non North Americans, for example, or non-U.S. people, you know, on a on a call. It's also, like I say, many podcasts that I listen to. There's also virtually no recognition of the reality that you know, almost all of those podcasts likely have something in the neighborhood of one quarter to one half of the people that are listening to those podcasts that are often originating out of the U.S. are actually listeners from elsewhere outside of the U.S. and yet those people could be reacting negatively to references, like I say, that are blatant references to U.S.-based culture, U.S.-based, you know, laws, sports, and, and the like as well. So it's really more a matter of trying to make you sensitive to the notion that there are different cultures out there and any movement in the direction of being more all-embracing and more understanding of differences Uh, between people and a recognition that we now have a worldwide audience is really, I think, a significant movement in the right direction. So like I say, I'm not arguing that we need to be rabid, focused people and trying to deal with every single thing we ever do focused on on sort of a worldwide uh, perspective, but instead just be a lot more aware of what kinds of differences there are and try to discern where you're actually being quite ethnocentric in your approach. So all of the 10 items that I've listed here are great candidates to start in the next week to identify one thing that you want to work on this week. It might be that you recognize that you have some people on your team or you have a neighbor. You might have somebody that's at the local school, might be at the gym, that is somebody that is from a different culture than yours. And you might even, you know, sit back and think, am I pronouncing their name correctly? I mean, I'm not, you know. Maybe I'll actually ask them or I'll try to discern with, like I say, the technique of listening to their voicemail, how you're actually supposed to say, you know, their name and just observe the difference in the approach that they may take to you actually pronouncing their name 
you know, correctly. You could also take any number of the other items that I've mentioned here and just focus on one of them this coming week and reflect on how your interactions with people from cultures that are not your own may improve. And then as, as you develop those skills to the point where they're now becoming habits, then you can also start to broaden your perspective and add more items to the list as well. So that's the summary of the suggestions of how to improve the way that you deal with a flat world. I'd also like to ask you to provide feedback on this and any of the other podcasts in this Life Habits Mentoring Podcast series. You can go to lifehabits.podbean.com and provide ratings and comments there. I'd also like to encourage you to go to iTunes. You can search for Life Habits in iTunes, and there's a space there as well for providing a review and a rating there as well. I'd like to encourage you to do that. If you have any suggestions you'd like to make for topics for future episodes or anything on this topic of this podcast, please email me at lifehabits at gmail.com. That's lifehabits at gmail.com, and I will get that email. So that's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye for now.